Hey, Thursday. Got football back tonight. Loving it. Got to say thanks to our friends from last night out at uh, Bullwinkles in the Galleria. We had a great time out there last night. Good crowd. A lot of fun. And um, the uh, the uh, people from Budweiser, from uh, Bud Light, were fantastic. They gave away a bunch of stuff last night. Hats and T-shirts and tchotchke stuff and had specials and such last night. But that was probably the first time in a while. They got people registered for the big screen TV, giving it away at the end of the year. So that's the first time in a while that uh, they came out with the the full entourage of giveaway stuff, which was kind of cool. So thanks to them for coming out last night as well. Today, we are, uh, we're back at it, and uh, a lot to get to. Today is Fantasy Football Day, which we all know. The Charge is going to be here, Paul Charging. He's going to be joining us coming up a little bit later on today. The, um, th- there is a-, a couple of different things that I wanted to get into today because um, yesterday we talked about the offense and not having – a downfield passing game as of yet. Just statistically speaking, it hasn't happened, and you would assume it's going to morph into something at some point. So today I wanted to focus on and point to uh, what you feel good about right now regarding the pack. Not what worries you down the road, but, you know, because I'm trying to think, if you go by what Aaron Rodgers said in the Bill Belichickian sense, whatever it is the Packers do well, Belichick's going to try to take it away. So let's talk about what you would attack. If you're thinking as Bill Belichick today, what do the Packers do well that you want to attack? What is good about the Green Bay Packers right now? And I think if you go through the list, you can say the one-two punch of the run game. Now, granted, you would love to see A.J. Dillon have bigger gains, but he is that north-south battering ram that keeps that defense honest and pounds on them. Aaron Jones is kind of like the scat back. He is used as much as a receiver almost as, well, I shouldn't say almost because he doesn't have as many catches as he does touches. But he runs outward and can catch the ball. Really good at blitz pickup. Uh, Robert Tanyan, as he continues to get his pitch count up, his I would assume his progress is going to get only better. Same thing with David Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins, and Yash Nyman, how that offensive line is going to go. And then hopefully, eventually, you get Christian Watson back. And then at some point, Sammy Watkins comes back walking through that door, and you get your complimental wide receivers. Then what is good, defensively speaking? Well, I, I don't think anybody can argue with the defense at this point. The defensive numbers have been pretty good. Uh, you get rid of that. Even the first game against Minnesota, they looked bad. They looked like they were, um, you know, had a few miscommunications and such. It felt like they were kind of feeling, feeling. Then they, then they got right. Now, granted, they got right against a bad Bears team, and they got right this past weekend. Tom Brady was frustrated, didn't have a lot of his weapons around him. We all know that he doesn't have Gronk as a safety weapon anymore. And the run game, the, the Packers said, we're going to stop it. And they did. They did a great job with Leonard Fournette uh, up front. The, uh, the Kenny Clark, Jerron Reed, uh, Dean Lowry, TJ Slayton, that group of guys has rotated through pretty well. They're playing a lot of nickels. So they're pulling usually a defensive lineman or an extra backer, the linebacker off the field. We've seen them do that with Dime as well. 
Um, so, you know, you're seeing Kenny Clark and Dean Lowry or Dean Lowry and Jerron Reed. You've seen that combination quite a bit, and you're not seeing a lot at this point of Devontae Wyatt. But as Mike Clemens told us last night, we talked a little bit about it. He's got to learn a little bit more. He's got to understand things a little bit better because he was just, you know, kind of a, a, a wrecking ball, a wrecking ball at Georgia. And that's fine because that's what you're paid to do at Georgia. Wink, wink, nod, nod. But in the NFL, you have a little bit more responsibility, some gap integrity and things like that, things that you have to really learn when to get upfield, when not to get upfield, when to hold a block, when to break down, when, you know, all that different stuff. Not that it's it's over. You're not a defensive back. You're not playing the route tree, so to speak. But he's got to learn. He's got some things he has to learn. And obviously the defense, the backers, uh, both inside and outside, have been pretty solid. Uh, Devondre Campbell, again, even though statistically he's still racking up the numbers, but he he, uh, isn't getting as much recognition this year as he was early on last year, but that's probably because he's doing his job. But early on, I mean, the first game of the season, there was a lot of people that kind of looked at this team and went, well, what what happened to that, that top five defense we were talking about? Give it time. They're starting to morph. We'll see what happens this week. So the other aspect of this team that I think that is trending in the right direction, and this is great big knock on wood, special teams. Now, the return game is not unbelievably prolific, and Amari Rodgers isn't breaking returns for 25, 35, 55 yards. He's, he's not doing that. But other than the muff in the Bears game, it's been pretty solid. I would have liked to have seen him return that punt in the game against Tampa Bay this past weekend, uh, the last one in which he had a couple of blockers ahead of him, one guy bearing down on him, and pretty much 10 to 15 yards of open field, and he chose to fair catch it on more of a line drive style punt. But that's okay. It's not great. It's not preferred, but that's probably, as we discussed, it's probably what he was told. Just go out there, catch it. Don't worry about it. We got some time. We're going to put a drive together, run some time off the clock, and kind of end this thing. And that was really the goal of the Packers. So kickoffs have been good. Touchbacks have been coming. Uh, They have used the sideline as the 12th man. I mean, a lot of things that they're doing, coverage has been pretty good. We haven't seen anything really busted open, you know, for an embarrassing field flipper yet. I think one time, it might have been in the Chicago game, I think one time we've seen it. But beyond that, it's been actually pretty good. Pat O'Donnell has been punting extremely well. Although they haven't used it a ton, the process seems to at least have have been, at least for the time being, corrected for Mason Crosby. So, you know, we'll talk about the good. A lot of good for the Green Bay Packers. So we want to get into that today. And then last night, number 61, Aaron Judge goes yard and ties Roger Maris's record for the most home runs in a season by an American League player. He is one home run away from breaking that record, and there is a very distinctive difference between what Judge has done and others in the past have done, and we'll talk about that because I think he, he, uh, he, re- he, he deserves savage props, big time, big time. Uh, we got Paul Charchian coming up. We got fantasy football today, as I had mentioned, and I got a quandary of my own, so we're going to get into that when, when Charch is joining us. So we have that coming up today. So a lot of good stuff today. Ben Kenny producing the show. Ben, how you doing today? Not good at all, to be honest. 
Yeah. Uh, I'm sure we will get to it, but there's something happening in baseball. And as I yeah. said weeks ago and months ago, the Philadelphia Phillies will lay down and collapse come September, and the Brewers was... will probably sneak into the playoffs. We're in the middle of that right now. It is an embarrassment from the Philadelphia side of things. I probably need therapy uh, for what this team puts me through <laughs> and actually wanting them to succeed. So it it's a pretty horrible day, if I'm being completely honest. I hope everybody yeah. else enjoys my sadness. I know. I didn't get into the Brewer stuff right away because I, I it goes hand in hand with your misery. So I wanted to wait last topic, so to speak, to talk about the Brewers because, um, yeah, it's, it's uh, twisting the knife in the gut and heart of one Ben Kenny as the Philadelphia Phillies collapse like a, uh, like a really badly built building. They're folding like a lawn chair to put it simply. Uh, Okay. Ebo said today, I look like Craig council after a really excruciating loss (laughs) and that super disheveled hair messed up. looks like someone just broke up with him kind of deal. It's really really bad, Bill. It's bad. Okay. That's funny. (laughs) Oh, man. There you go. Um, Let's do this. Um, I I know on the live stream there's a sound issue. We'll get that fixed. Don't worry about it. It should should be better, but if it's not, let me know. If it's not, let me know. Um, You know, I do have uh, Craig Council audio from last night's game that we could play later. I can't wait to listen to it. I'm sure everybody else is equally as excited. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) We'll, uh, We'll do that. Yeah, well, we'll the the monotone. Look, I I like Craig because he's not ever too high, he's not ever too low. He always sounds the same. Like he might have just woken up, gotten out of bed, went to the game, and um, then he's doing a press conference. <laughs> you know, he just uh, you can pretty much do Craig Council's pressers. Everybody could do it. Very monotone. Oh, uh, you know, gosh, you know, Woody threw great. His breaking stuff was really good. You know, he's just uh, he's lights out. Things are things are just progressing in a really, really great way. You know, so you know, and and that's that's when they win. Now, if they lose, it's just you know, Woody just didn't have his stuff today, and you know, his breaking ball wasn't just you know, kind of kind of had didn't have the movement on it that it normally does. And you know, we had a couple of big hits, but you know, we just weren't able to get it done. It's the same, which is really kind of what you want. You know, a big win, a joyous win, you're in the playoffs, spray the champagne win, ah, that's different. But for baseball, you know, <laughs> Craig Council's like, ah, I'm here, ask me a question. We can talk a little bit about the game, then I, you know, I'm, I'm heading down to Calderon for dinner, I got to get going. <laughs> that's kind of what it is. Yeah, I was being sarcastic when I said I'm excited to listen to it. This is yeah. excruciating. Oh, I know. I I don't mind it. I Some people mind it, I don't mind it. Me personally, I don't, I don't have an issue with it, but I get what you're saying. The, uh, oh, I will say this. Did you see the, uh, we were talking yesterday about Brett Favre and, uh, you know, everything that's going on down in Mississippi. Did you see the piece that the athletic did on Favre and how he went back for more money, took, uh, 1.1 million for appearances. We all know that, that he, he never made. He supposedly had paid that back, but the state wanted the interest on the money. He owes still over $200,000 in interest on that money. He combined uh, Deanna's charity. Remember when Deanna had breast cancer, they did the breast cancer charity for Deanna. And then there was the Favre for Hope Foundation, which was supposed to be money for underprivileged kids 
and kids with cancer and such. And uh, a lot of that money, along with Deanna's charity, once they combined those charities together under one umbrella, paid a lot of money, uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars, to the sports facilities as well. Um, uh, over $130,000 to the University of Mississippi Athletic Foundation out of those charities. And Favre continued to ask state officials for money for the volleyball facility, uh, eventually for, um, and also, don't forget, it was um, Phil Bryant, then governor, uh, talked about the misuse of funds. It would be illegal. And this is all according to the text messages he's telling Brett and stating that, no, you know, we can't do this. But Favre was still asking for money for a strength and, and conditioning facility for Southern Miss, it was reported. So it, it's there's a lot of it, it, as as I mean, I saw ESPN was digging on it. The Athletic did a report on it. The AP has reporters doing full stories on this they're calling his attorney nobody's returning a phone call bus cook nobody's returning a phone call there's a lot of it it, it, remember when Favre went through the whole text thing when he sent the uh the junk pick to the I, I think she was a sideline reporter for the Jets and that got him into trouble and that was when the world started collapsing on Brett Favre this is, and that was when he was playing. He still had a lot of popularity. He still has popularity, don't get me wrong. But there was just a lot that Favre had going for him. And when he got to New York, it was kind of like, I can do what I want in Green Bay. Green Bay, he was a huge fish in a very small pond. And a lot of people covered up a lot of things that he had did along the way. In New York, it's like, you're, you're one of 40 stars. You know, who are you? And so they went after him. And, and now... This this whole deal, uh, not only, and, and this was a very good uh, report that I had read about the marketing side of things, not only is he in financial trouble when it comes to the illegality of the funds that have been taken, received, and used, and he is claiming no knowledge of this, even though there are text messages stating that he did have an understanding that he didn't want this to get out because of what could be bad press or illegality. But now, as one uh, marketing company in New York put it, he's untouchable. You can't put him in. I mean, even the Copperfit people are now talking about getting rid of him as a spokesperson. He is now untouchable. It's one thing if you have an indiscretion and he recovered from that humiliating sequence in New York with the Jet sideline reporter. But this... Stealing, not only stealing money from the charity, but diverting funds from charity that you put together and taking it under taking money under false pretenses. But also then, as a guy that's made over $150 million in your career, stealing money from the state welfare system from those who really need it and then diverting it to sports facilities, which clearly Southern Miss... It's a college. It, it, we're not talking about underprivileged kids here. He's not bu- building them a place to play. He's building a, a volleyball facility for Southern Miss because his daughter played there, and he's wanting a better football facility, weight and strength training facility, because he played football there. This is this is not charitable. And uh, one of the marketing firms in New York said he's just now untouchable. So 
his future income, short of pension for the NFL, his future income has been completely damaged because of all of this. Unless he comes out of this, um, unless he comes out of this, and there's proof that he just he just had no knowledge of any of this. I mean, his foundation claims to help children and cancer patients. And that money's being diverted to go build volleyball facilities for down payments uh, on money to be to to be funded for the uh, for the construction of a volleyball facility. It, it's just it gets worse every day, and now everybody. I mean, the Pandora's box is now open, and everybody is piling on. So uh, that's uh, one of the other stories that's continuing to spin today. Good to have you on the Bud Light live stream. Glad to uh, see everybody, Ronald and Trevor and Jason and Steve and everybody. So good stuff for everybody stopping by and saying hello on that side as well. Got a lot of stuff coming up today. Hang in there. A whole lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up right after this. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Time to uh, get down to Great Lakes Dragaway, Union Grove, Wisconsin. Got me a receipt. And uh, still going to be running down there. You can rent the track, you and your friends. Take some vehicles down there. Go see how fast you can go, go. Uh, You can rent the track for uh, an hour or two. You can rent it for an entire day, whatever it is you'd like to do. You can hold events down there. But they still have some racing going on. They still have some events and signings and such. So a lot of good stuff happening down at Great Lakes Dragaway. Go to greatlakesdragaway.com. That's greatlakesdragaway.com. Again, greatlakesdragaway.com. Uh, just a little bit of breaking news. Uh, Mike Girardi says uh, Mac Jones is in the facility and participating in game planning. The Patriots quarterback has told multiple teammates not to count him out for this weekend's game at Green Bay, still hoping, uh, you know, to have a chance. He said he's still operating as if he has a chance. Practice scheduled for around 1230 today, Eastern time. So we'll see if Mac Jones on a bad wheel is able to come back and play against Green Bay Packers. So we'll see. See what happens. Uh, 877-867-1670, the good, the good for the Green Bay Packers. Go to Chuck over on the uh, Bud Light live stream. Do you think that the Packers will do anything to take away some of the uh, honors the team has given to Favre, such as the Ring of Honor, retired jersey, et cetera? Um, No, and here's the reason why, is because he did those things. He earned those things on the field. For the same reasons that people want to see Pete Rose in the Hall of Fame, because what he did was on the field, um, Brent has not done anything via the cardinal sin of football. He didn't bet on his own team. He wasn't betting and gambling on football uh, when he was a player. He wasn't doing any of that. Um, There's been a lot of guys throughout the years that have done a lot of bad stuff. And... While he may not be featured, I don't see him coming back to Lambeau Field anytime soon to take accolades or an autograph signing or unless maybe that's the only place he could possibly return to, to be honest with you, where a lot of fans will still accept him, probably would be Lambeau Field in some way, shape, or form. He still has quite the uh, quite the loyalty. There's a lot of people that don't want to believe this. It's a media stunt. They're out to get him. 
Um, there's a lot of things in that direction that, you know, has been said on Twitter that I've seen and, and even in this Bud Light live stream and on the show. But I I don't see them. Remo- to answer your question, it's a long, long winded answer. I apologize. I don't see them removing anything. Maybe they will. Maybe they'll stand up and say, hey, we're going to take a stand. You know, but I don't see that happening. And I don't know if that would be right. Because what he did for the Green Bay Packers in the organization was already done. What he's done since his retirement over the last few years, that's what in his personal life he's going to have to deal with. But what he did as a Green Bay Packer, you you can't change that, right? You still you would still semi honor that. He he and Reggie White brought the title back to Titletown. You can't that will forever be in the lore of the Green Bay Packers. That's part of their history. I, I don't think you just wipe it out because the guy turned out to be a bad guy in some way, shape, or form, you know? So I, that's just my opinion. Uh, Ronald says, I hope the Brewers get there, but ultimately their bullpen is going to be their downfall, and you're probably right. Probably right. Um. This is from Jason. Jason, will we see at the huge WEAC matchup this weekend? UW-Whitewater, UW-Lacrosse. I would lo- I got to get a hold of Coach Bullis. If I can get a hold of Coach Bullis. See, um, Saturday we got to get back. But I don't even know. I haven't looked But I because uh, my buddy Mike down in Whitewater, who called the program the other day, uh, had mentioned that too. I don't know. I got to see what time the game is. Jason, do you know what time the game is? Let me know. Let me know because I would love to at least get over and see like the first half. If we could get in and if maybe somebody over there at UW across is listening, um, I'd, I'd love to be able to go over and get in, but I don't know how long we're going to be there. So, but I would love to, to, to get a look at that. Yeah. We, we haven't had coach Bullis on the program in a long time, either a couple of years. We got to get back to that. Um, Robert says, if I was Bill Belichick, I would stack the box and press play uh, and press and man on the pass game, but I got no advice to bill on what he should do. On offense, I sniff shutout. Fortunately, we have the all-pro quarterback and running backs. I give the Pats no chance in this game. Now, what we were talking about a little while ago in the first segment of the show was, what, what, are the, what do the Packers do well? What are you really geeked about regarding the Green Bay Packers? What makes you go, okay, this is good. What I'm starting to see is good. What I'm starting to see, and I went over every aspect of it. I think the secondary is solid. Hopefully Jair comes back. The depth that they've displayed is pretty good as long as they don't you know, suffer any more injuries. Um, I also think that the linebacking core, the defensive front, it's been solid. Now, we're not really going to see them overwhelmingly tested until they face Baltimore. They, Baltimore has that prolific game in which a quarterback can throw for 300-plus yards against you and numerous touchdowns. But along the way, you can you can continue to get better, you know, and prepare for that game and get ready for that Buffalo game on that Sunday night up in Buffalo. So I think that the the statistical numbers of the defense are going to continue to go up. That's obvious. I think the offense should continually get better. And I, I'm excited to see how many snaps David Bakhtiari gets in this game and how they manipulate the offensive line. That's I, I'm really excited to see that. And when Bakhtiari's fully back, is Josh Nyman now on the bench? Can you flip him to right tackle? Elton Jenkins is a an unbelievable guard. 
do you move him into the guard position? Then your offensive line is really solid. You got your best five offensive linemen consistently on the field. There's something to be said for that, which makes everything better. Pass protection, downfield capability, you know, everything. Running game makes all of that better. And then, obviously, we're talking about the uh, the special teams and how it's it it's been better. It now, granted, overall special teams still in Pro Football Focus they're ranked one, which is not good. But what you and I have seen up close and personal, what you and I have seen via the eyeball test, it's been better. It's not great, but it's been better. It's been better than what we've seen, and the near misses when it comes to blocking on punts. And Pat O'Donnell getting a hand in his face, it's not been bad. Since that first game in which we saw them get up the gut a couple of times on special teams and get close to Pat O'Donnell, how he got one, that one that went 60-plus yards away, I have no idea. But um, I, I, I like that. I like that it's gotten steadily better, which is – what you hope for throughout the season, because then obviously you're peaking come postseason. 877-867-1670. If you want to find us, please feel free to go ahead and do so. Uh, Van Smack says, I have entered the Bill Goodstuff Michaels chat. No, we just took a look at a, a lot of stuff yesterday that people said we were being negative, and all we were doing was bringing up facts. That was it. Today, just saying, okay, what what do you like about this team? You know what's funny is, uh, I said, what do you like? I went through a whole list of things, and there's not a lot of people bringing up a lot of good, what you're really excited about. You know? Uh, Rick says, Luke Buckus uh, did not rule out Yash playing right tackle and moving Elton inside, but Yash hasn't practiced on the right side much so far. Yeah, that's what we were talking about yesterday with Mike Clemens. You are correct. Um, Thomas says, why not move Bakhtiari to right tackle? Eh, he's been an all-pro at left, and that is that is all he's played pretty much since the day he walked through the door. You're not going to move him. You're not going to move him. Yash has been has multitasked uh, on this team and Elton can move inside. He's better inside than he is outside. Um, I, I don't. I wouldn't do that. If David Bakhtiari is your best left tackle, you don't move him. If he turns out that when he comes back and he's fully back and he's he's not on a pitch count anymore and it's the old David Bakhtiari, he's considered the best left tackle in football by many before he went down with the injury. Why would you move him? You don't do that. That would be like saying Aaron Rodgers is pretty good with his feet. And maybe it would be better to, you know, put him in the wildcat. You know, I mean, it, it just you, you wouldn't do that. that. That's saying if he was better with his feet. I'm I'm only making a, an analogy here. I'm not saying that's the truth. So, but I I, I get what you're thinking. But now I I I wouldn't do that. Wouldn't go in that direction. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Hit us up on Twitter at Bill underscore Michaels. Also today, don't start. Uh, don't remember any time you want to start getting in your fantasy football questions. Do it. We got Paul Charchian coming in today. I I need some advice on my fantasy football team. I have two starting quarterbacks. One goes tonight, and Joe Burrow and Aaron Rodgers goes on Sunday. Uh, 
Josh Allen threw for uh, 8.5 million yards against two in company and that poorest secondary of the Dolphins. Now, the Dolphins' defense is pretty good. They're not great. And Josh Allen had success against them. Do I go with Joe Burrow tonight, or do I think, okay, defensively speaking, uh, Aaron Rodgers should be able to pick this defense apart. However, he doesn't have the same complement of weapons, and Bill Belichick is always good at just slowing things down and getting into the muck. So who do you go with? So that's my big question going into this uh, fantasy this weekend. But uh, get your fantasy questions in as well. Stay tuned. We've got a whole lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends over there at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. And you know I got my patio door. You know I love it. Absolutely, positively, 100% love the new patio door. It's lighter. It's brighter. It doesn't have the fog in between the glass panels anymore. It was it seals up. Uh, there's no it, last night we had frost, no cold air in my house, man. It was awesome. I, ch- I I got up this morning. I popped out of bed, showered up, ran downstairs, hand next to the glass. I had to go downstairs and get my suitcase anyway because I'm leaving today for lacrosse. But felt it, no cold. Love that thing. Love it. I can't wait to uh, do a few fires down there in the great room, kick back and take it easy, and just start enjoying the football season, both college and pro. Uh, but uh, today is it, today and tomorrow. If you want two years, no interest financing, no payments, no money down, nada, you got to go to Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin right now. Get them ordered before the snow starts flying. Get them ordered. Get them in. Go to Pella, P-E-L-L-A, PellaWI.com. That is PellaWI.com. Or just call them, 855-PELLA-WI, 855 WI, give me a shout. You will not be sorry. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Looking for a great company to go to work for? Our friends at Pindell, P-I-N-D-E-L.com. They will uh, will train you, teach you the ins and the outs of the business, and they will give you a career, not just a job. And it's a great company to work for. As a matter of fact, they continue to expand and continue to grow, especially during the hard times. And if you're a company that's looking for a quality machining and manufacturing company to work for right here in the state of Wisconsin, go to Pindell, P-I-N-D-E-L.com. That is Pindell. Dot com. Pindell.com. Uh, last night, we know uh, Aaron Judge went yard. And I don't know if you saw this, but the ball, um, when the home run was hit, there was a number of fans in the stands that were just reaching for it, trying to catch the historic 61st home run from Aaron Judge. And because there was numerous people going for it, the ball uh, brushed off of the glove of one of the Toronto Blue Jays fans, who happens to be, I guess, a restaurant tour in the area. But uh, regardless, the ball falls into the bullpen behind the fence where it was picked up by the bullpen coach, Blue Jays bullpen coach, Matt Bushman. And Bushman then grabbed the ball and walked it over to, uh, I guess, somebody within the organization and security-wise, and then they gave it to, to Aaron Judge. Now, that's where the story gets a little weird because... Uh, Matt Bushman, the Jays' bullpen coach, who picks up that historic 61st home run ball, is also the husband of Sarah Walsh. Remember her from ESPN. 
ES, and I don't think she's with ESPN anymore. Correct me if I'm wrong. But she is in Florida where her husband is in Toronto. And she then tweets out, bad news, I'm down here in Florida battling a hurricane. But the good news is I can announce my retirement, figuring that her husband got the 61st home run ball. Uh, Then she watched on the television, like the rest of us did, as her husband handed it over and basically gave it. I don't know if it was security or who grabbed it. I just saw an arm and then, you know, he walked away. But she uh, then tweeted out, oh, cool. He just handed that back without checking to see if our house was even still here. I'd like to announce our divorce. Now, obviously, it's somewhat playful. But um, she started getting kind of roasted on Twitter. And then she said, just being a reporter doing work here, per my sources, Matt Bushman wasn't forced to give the ball back, but he handed it over to Zach Britton. And then she has her husband's Twitter handle, says, told me the judge and Maris family have been flying all over the country. They deserve to have the ball. So in other words, she's like, what are you doing? That ball's worth millions, and you're handing it back. And her husband tweets her back or texts her back and says, look, they've been flying all over the place. They they deserve to have the ball. So then it makes its way back to Aaron Judge, who gets the ball and is very appreciative, and then he hands it to his mom. Which is cool. It's a cool moment. The, the whole night was cool to see all of this. But, man, she uh, she was getting lambasted big time. Sarah Walsh was because her husband, the bullpen coach, gave the ball back. She works for the NFL Network now, Ben, you're saying? Yes. Is that I, where she's at? Okay. I thought it was quite funny, the tweet. I I get it. I get it's humorous. There's some people that just don't take that stuff. You know, in today's day and age, you can't joke about anything anymore. You can you? Can you even joke about anything anymore without getting completely torn up? I don't know if it's even possible. You you're anytime you make a joke, you're always offending somebody, and uh, you know rather than just getting it and have a having a sense of humor to a certain extent, everybody gets their undies in a bunch over everything now. So that seems to be the society we're in. It's also you forgot the biggest part of this story. The guy almost caught it. So in Toronto, they have the bullpen below the stands. The right. guy with a glove in left field reached over to catch it, and right. they inter- first the TV caught him, and he looked as sad as could be. Oh, he uh, was miserable, yeah. They interviewed the guy, and they went into the whole story, and he is, he is down really bad today. I feel bad. He is a restaurateur, correct? Oh, yes. He either owns a restaurant or he's a chef at a restaurant or both, but, yeah, he's, uh, he's, he's, he's what people know him in the Toronto area. He's, he's pretty well known, I guess. His last name is Lasagna. Is that his, seriously, is that his, really his last name? Yeah. Did I knew it was it? Italian, but I couldn't, I didn't know what it was. I'm going to find the name. Lasagna. Frankie Lasagna. That, but that's not his real name. Yes, it is. Did he change his name to Frankie Lasagna? He could have. Uh, Jeff Passan and Scott Brown, someone locally, had a story. Blue Jays fan Frankie Lasagna just misses catching the ball. I've met a lot of people with a lot of wacky names. I have never met a lasagna. I've never met a lasagna I didn't like. (laughs) You know, uh, okay. So Frankie Lasagna. (laughs) Jeff Passan said. Oh, by the way, the headline story now has changed over on Yahoo Sports from Hall of Fame to Hall of Shame. Favre has a whole new legacy. Oof. They just keep piling on, man. Bad. 
What, what were you going to say? I'm sorry. Jeff Passan said uh, Frankie Lasagna should have ricotta the ball. Oh, my huh. God. <laughs> that's as bad as me. It's the only thing that's making me smile today. So, Oh, man. Oh, that's funny. Uh, we're going to talk with Zach Cox. He's with NESN uh, up in New England, and he's going to give us a lowdown on the Patriots coming up here after the top of the hour break. So stay tuned for that. We'll talk a little bit about Mac Jones being in the building and his preparation, as they put it, as he uh, continues to look forward to this game if he is indeed able to play. I don't think he's going to, but we will wait and see. But nevertheless, we're going to talk with Zach Cox of NESN coming up after the top of the hour. An hour and 10 minutes from now, the charge is going to be here. Fantasy football coming up as well. we got a lot to get to today. This portion of the program brought to you by our good friends over there at Albany. Speaking of Italian and uh, lasagna and such, Albanese's. Albanese's Italian restaurant, the, uh, the Roadhouse, right there on Blue Mountain Road in Brookfield next to Menards across from Home Depot. Terrific place. If you're looking for a place to go and watch some of the game tonight, do that. Maybe a nice meal. Good night out. Family, wholesome fun type of that uh, type of stuff over there. And Dominic Sports Lounge inside the place. Maybe you got a good shoulder and you want to do a little underhand bocce ball. They got bocce ball leagues going on. Plenty to do over there at Albanese's Roadhouse on Blue Mound Road in Waukesha. Stay tuned to more of the Bill Michael Show. It's coming up after this. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Sunday here in Green Bay. Defensive back Jair Alexander, who suffered a groin injury Sunday in Tampa, was back on the practice field yesterday, just limited to some light drills. Randall Cobb had a couple of big receptions against the Buccaneers, one for 17 yards, another for 40 after missing practice all last week. I was pretty sick for a couple of days. You know, I actually tested positive for COVID and had symptoms a few days before I actually tested positive, so I was pretty sick. It wasn't like I was just, you know, I was just coughing and stuff. I was I was down. I slept 13 hours one night. Patriots lost their quarterback, Mac Jones, to a high ankle sprain in a loss to the Ravens. 36-year-old Brian Hoyer will likely get the start and says he's ready for whatever's next. I've played for 14 years. I have a lot of bad memories. I have a lot of good memories, too. So, you know, one game doesn't define me. One, you know, play doesn't define me. I'm excited for any opportunity I get a chance to go play. Matt LaFleur. Brian Hoyer is a guy that I got a lot of respect for. I remember watching a lot of the cut-ups from the 14 season, and, you know, you could make the case and take all his, his great plays that he made and you thought he was a one of the top quarterbacks in the league and the packers got some good news the packers new punter pat o'donnell who spent eight years in chicago was named the nfc's special teams player of the week when's the last time that happened in green bay packers quarterback aaron Rodgers. it's been a while been a while uh, he's a pretty good punter happy he's on our team got a hell of a head of hair he's a good presence in our locker room and he's kind of happy to be on this side of the uh the border. That's Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. I'm Mike Clemens on the Bill Michaels Show. Good to have you back. Good to be back uh, when it comes to hockey season as well. I know we have uh, the NHL exhibition game down at the Pfizer Forum coming up, but the Admiral season Right around the bend. And if you were looking for tickets to individual games, season tickets, some of the promotional events they have going on, it's a great event, whether it's date night, buddies, 
family, whatever it happens to be, go to MilwaukeeAdmirals.com. That's MilwaukeeAdmirals.com for ticket information, promotions, and upcoming. And they are heading for a Calder Cup. They are just they got a, a win in the postseason last year. They're looking to expound upon that and get themselves back into the Calder Cup chase. So uh, hoping for a really good season out of the Milwaukee Admirals. So aside from uh, a couple of times when Tom Brady went down, now Tom Brady took over 2001, went on to have the best career of any quarterback in NFL history, played 20 years in New England, didn't miss many games. The only season that he was sidelined was going back to 2008. He suffered that ACL tear. That was week one. He was done the rest of the year. He missed four games in 2016. That was because of the suspension from Deflategate. Aside from those two instances, you don't see many backup quarterbacks in Foxborough. And that uh, most likely will change this week when Brian Hoyer uh, steps under center. Now, if, uh, if Mac Jones is indeed unavailable, and we're going to talk with Zach Cox of NESN coming up here after the top of the hour, But if Brian Hoyer is going to be the guy for the team's week four game against the Packers at Lambeau Field, Hoyer has lost his last 11 starts in a row. That's it as a backup. Lost his last 11 starts in a row. The only only quarterback on the roster is that, uh, was it Bailey Zapp? Bailey Zape? Uh, Zappy. Zappy? Yeah, he's electric. I was going to say, well, okay. (laughs) They got him uh, this past year in the fourth round. They picked him up. So not a great track record for Brian Hoyer. Uh, Even if it was Mac Jones under center, uh, is is good a job, I think, as Mac Jones did last year. I still would pick the Packers in this game. uh, Hands down, undoubtedly, I'm picking the Packers. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll talk with Zach Cox about this coming up here in just a little bit. But, yeah, the last 11 games that uh, as a backup quarterback starting under center that Brian Hoyer has had to come in and try to get the job done, he has lost 11 in a row, 11 in a row as a backup quarterback. So not the best of track record coming into this Sunday's game as the Packers get set to uh, to take on the New England Patriots. Uh, another a little piece of note that I saw today. Devontae Adams says all the Green Bay people will definitely still be on that, meaning statistics, trying to compare the stats and all that. But we're not doing that. Uh, we're not doing this thing for stats at the end of the day, Devontae Adams said, on the adjustment period with the Raiders. And I I did post it. I, I did have to jump on that for a second because I went, whoa, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. When And this was, again, I posted this earlier because I was kind of thinking out loud here. Devontae Adams, when he had that press conference in Las Vegas after he his first press conference, and they were asked, you know, hey, money all being equal, why did you leave? And he said, well, you know, with Aaron coming back for just this year, which kind of raised an eyebrow because we thought, wait a minute, does he know something that we don't? Um, you know, and then looking down the road, and then he said, you know, I like Jordan, Jordan and all, meaning Jordan Love, but, and then he stopped and then kind of went in a different direction. And I, I, and that was all I needed to know. In other words, he's not going to get the same statistics out of Jordan Love in a year or two that maybe he can get with Derek Carr in that relationship. And he, you know, at one point he had said his career would not be complete without a ring. 
okay? But then he started talking about Hall of Fame-style numbers and the, quote, gold jacket. So now to come out and go, well, we're not doing this for stats. I mean, you know, no, you are. That That's a steaming pan load. You are. The problem when you say that is it's because you're not getting them right now. You're not getting a bunch of prolific catches and a ton of yards. And, you know, it'll come. I'm sure it will. But at this point, you know, yeah, we're going to compare the stats. Sure. We all know it's crap, but it gives us something to do, something to snicker at, you know. Especially if you're a Packers fan and you're saying, ah, you left us. You left us. You know, look at you now. I bet you wish you could come back. Look at all the memes that have been out there with him with the crying Jordan face and such, you know. So, yeah, you know, that's okay. But but don't try to snowball us. Come on, man. Come on. Going to talk with Zach Cox of NESN when we come back. Talk with him about this Patriots team. How good defensively are they? And then what does Brian Hoyer bring to the table? More of the Bill Michael Show coming up after this. The Bill Michael Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.